Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, one and all, from Drank and Champagne and the On the Wrong Lead Podcast Network. I know Josh usually opens this, but he had no idea I had one of these. And uh, thankfully for him, my father insisted I take this with me to the Christmas Day festivities over at my girlfriend's family's house in a couple of days. So I had it handy, and here we go. That's so funny. Yeah, I was I left the room right before we started and apparently he snuck it in right before uh There right were other reasons I needed to clean up my podcast recording area. It was kind of a mess after a virtual holiday party for work the other day, but then I realized, wait a minute, I have this hat. I may as well wear it because when the hell else am I going to get to wear a Santa hat? Hey, that's a very good point. I mean, this is this is the whole reason you wanted to get back into content so you could wear Santa hats and make uh, wrestling uh, references randomly. And, and, and construct tickets in ways that bring out the ticket police. Let's not forget that. That is true. Our, our very own Mark uh, messaged I you wasn't going to throw him under the bus. You did. Yeah, well, I, I'll throw Mark under the bus. Uh, do you have the the backup beeping on your uh, on your soundboard there? If we could back I up the bus. I do not. I wish I, I, I might need that for okay. the... Okay, beep, beep. Beep, beep. Oh man, yeah. Uh, he uh, and he is no stranger to constructing uh, interesting tickets. We'll say it this way, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, we had. Uh, how, how was uh, how was going back home? Any any anything fun happen? Um, somebody on the plane going into Newark got caught vaping in the bathroom. That was fun. Appreciated that. We're halfway between Oakland and Newark. I'm on my computer doing something. And all of a sudden, I hear this ding, ding, ding noise. And I'm wondering what that is because I've been on a bunch of planes. And you hear the ding every once in a while. And it's somebody calling the flight attendant. And you hear certain sounds. I hadn't heard three in a row. And it turned out that may have been the smoke detector in the bathroom. Because after that happened... All of the flight attendants, after somebody had gotten on a phone and heard what happened, all the flight attendants gathered at the front of the plane and they looked really, really worried. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, we're going down. Nice knowing you, everybody. Appreciate that. But as it turned out, somebody then got on the speaker and said, please do not vape in the lavatory. And in the meantime, I'm rolling my eyes because look, it's 2022. If you don't know that you can't smoke on a plane for fear of lighting the plane on fire, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, we've uh, we've seen some weird stuff on planes. Nothing that crazy. Uh, I mean, mostly just a garden variety, uh, you know, people trying to shove from like row 36 all the way up to row two to get out before them. Oh, um, you know, just just like that kind of nonsense. Um, but no, like, yeah, I, I don't know, man. People have just lost their fucking minds. I don't know. People suck. Um, the one thing I will say, uh, first of all, of course, great seeing my family, great seeing some uh, some people that I don't get to see nearly enough being out here in California, going back to upstate New York for a couple of days. So to those of you who took the time to say hi, spend some time, know that I love you, know that I appreciate you. Uh, the other thing that I gathered from this trip, um, I downloaded a video game that I've played a couple of renewals of in past years. Josh, have you ever played Football Manager? 
Uh, yes, to excess in certain years. Yes, uh, I downloaded this year's version and I went looking for some team that was owned by a bunch of idiot Americans at a lower division so that, hey, maybe I can, you know, bring them up to a higher division, whatever. And I wound up picking up Crawley Town over in the Skybet Division 2 League over in England. There's the Premier League. There's the league right below that. There's the league right below that. And then there's the league Crowley Town is in because they're owned by a bunch of American cryptocurrency investors. So you can imagine that there's a lot of room for nonsense, hijinks, and shenanigans. Well, was able to play an entire season with them over the course of my time back east, wound up winning the 2022-23 league title, and we're now going into Division One with a whole bunch of loans from, you know, a bunch of clubs much more talented than ours that just have no playing time to go around. So we'll see how that goes, but that gives me something to, you know, play on very long six-hour plane rides when I just have nothing else to do and can't sleep on planes. I don't know if I've told you that. I can't sleep on airplanes. It's a problem. If I could buy that, I would. <laughs> I have no problem sleeping on planes. My neck usually ends up hurting, but uh, yeah, no, that's I, a big problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so. Are you playing on iPad or are you playing on uh, on a laptop? I'm playing on my laptop. Thankfully, okay, so you're playing the full version. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they have like the mobile version. Then they have one called Touch, yeah. which is like the in between, and then they have the full version. Um, but uh, yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't played this year's yet. Um, I think. I think I have every other year going back to like 2017. So I base I buy it every year, but uh, I have I haven't had a chance to check it out. I might I might check it out this uh, this next week. So with work, um, starting Friday, I'm off until the third. So we get uh, you know the university is nice enough to gift us uh, some days off that. So we get our holidays obviously, and then they they give us these extra gift days. Um, so it's basically an extra four days off and then we have to burn a vacation day for like the Tuesday or Wednesday of the week between Christmas and New Year's. But basically you burn one day and you get like, uh, you get seven days off. So that'll work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of the, one of the great perks of working for, for you take that trade every day. Yeah. So, um, my, you know, and video gaming is definitely one of my, uh, uh, probably my main hobby outside of horse racing. Um, it, it might actually be my main hobby over horse racing, but uh, I, uh, you know, Caleb and I and uh, our boy Steven, we play a lot of uh, League of Legends. But uh, I, I'm going to be off during the day. So my guess is I, I've been thinking about maybe possibly buying the new World of Warcraft expansion and playing that. But uh, I don't know. If you guys got any ideas of, of stuff to play, um, you know, hit put it in the comments. Shoot me a message on Twitter. Uh, love to hear what, what you guys are playing. Um, but, uh, yeah, Football Manager might be, might be on the list there. Um, but, you know, speaking of, you know, Christmas time, uh, probably the uh, the the biggest Christmas tradition or day after Christmas tradition. It's going to be Santa Anita opening day. That's Malibu for day. sure. Yeah. Now we should note that other tracks are getting in on the action. Gulfstream Park, which is of course also owned by the Stronic Group, their opening day for their championship meet Monday, December twenty sixth. Fairgrounds has a monster card on December 26th. Something like nine stakes races on that card. Lots going on. 
a and lot of grass drag. racing. Apparently, yeah. the grass might be back. Really? Yeah. Wow. They carted grass races. We'll see if they happen. Fingers, toes, and eyes all crossed. Hopefully, they've been on Santa's nice list as opposed to the naughty list. And yes, we are going to overuse holiday puns like crazy on this particular show. Well, I am at least. I don't know. About yeah, you. I was going to say Andrew will probably be doing the heavy lifting on that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, this card, uh, this Santa Anita card, I took a brief look at the entire thing. Um, we're going to cover the early pick five here. Um, and then uh, tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this, um, we will be covering on Thursday night the uh, late pick five. And I'm planning on trying to do a stream during opening day, but I got to get I got to get schedules and I got I got to figure out when people are free or if anybody's free. Otherwise, yeah, that's me um, you'll you'll get a kick out of this one. I don't think I can do that. Napa. Um, my my girlfriend's aunt is having a birthday, and yes, they are doing brunch in Napa, about an hour from where I am, at noon Pacific time. Shoots the entire card to all hell. Well, uh, get your bets in early. Bet you early and often. Yep, bets in early, and there will be, you know, every half hour I'm going to need to slip off somewhere to yell at my phone. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. But, uh, no, that's going to be very nice. Love my girlfriend very much. Love her family very much. But that's one of those times where you just go, really? Today? <laughs> yeah, it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, I, darn, you have to go to Napa Valley. And, and eat on someone else's tab. I yeah, know. It's oh. the absolute worst. Do you have the boo sound effect there? Just so we can illustrate how horrible this is. Yeah. 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 Got to have them following us all the way up to Healdsburg. But uh, on a serious note, this card, look, much has been made about the state of California racing over the last couple of years. Personally, I worked for HRTV for a year and a half and then worked at TVG for another two years. I remember when every Saturday at Santa Anita Park meant something. It's not that way anymore. Having said that, the opening day cards on December 26th of each year are usually about as good as it gets. And this card, it's a really good one. This early pick five, I think, has a lot of value to it. I think has a lot of intrigue to it. And that's with a couple of short-ish fields thrown into the mix. The back half of the card has some very big races. Three grade ones on this card, three grade twos as well, dotting the 11 race program. And we actually kick things off with the grade two Mathis Mile. Now, this is actually a serious question and it's going to come off like a dad joke. It's not. This used to be the Mathis Brothers Mile, named after a chain of furniture stores down in the Southern California area. Now it's just the Mathis Mile. Was there a falling out between the brothers? I don't know, but it's a very strange thing, right? Now that you're thinking about it? I think it just sounds better because I'm pretty sure they had, um, I forgot, I saw some marketing material or, or a tweet or something, and they called out specifically the Mathis brothers, so... Um, it, it might just be Mathis Miles sounds better. I would like to think that there's only one of the Mathises that's actually interested in horse racing. Give it a juicy <laughs> backstory. Come on. Clearly one of us works in marketing and it's not you. And no, it's it's just alliteration. <laughs> people people are suckers for alliteration. 
Well, apparently so, and I hope people are suckers for the likely favorite. That's number one, Balnikov, who comes in off of a win in the grade three Bryan Station at Keeneland. I'm not here to tell you this horse doesn't have talent. He does, but he's pretty pace-dependent, Josh, and I don't think there's a ton of early speed in this particular race. Maybe Belnikov wins, but you're talking about a horse that I think should be in the 5-2, to 3-1 to one range, and I think he's going to go off far shorter than that. Yeah, uh, speaking of there not being a lot of pace, uh, I landed on a lone A in this race, and it's oh, not here we go. favorite. Uh, and that's going to be the 7, Sumter. Um, you know, Mike Smith gets aboard here, uh, has ridden this horse a couple of times, uh, most notably when uh, won the Singletary uh, in April of last year at here at Santa Anita. Um, you know, all this horse has done over uh, a mile on the turf at Santa Anita is win and has done it on the front end and has done it very well. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to single this horse. Mike Smith is going to get this horse out in the front end. I don't think he's going to get any kind of pace pressure. And I think uh, race one is going to be wired by Sumter here. And that's all I'm going to use here. No no Bs, nothing. Just going to be sole, uh, single A here to the, to the seven Sumter. I did see that you also like the seven Sumter. Uh, and, and I'm guessing you kind of saw the same thing. That, that's why you had to include this horse. I did, yes. I like the fact that this horse is going sprint to route. I don't think he's a sprinter. But I just, I got to hand it to you, Josh. Singling Mike Smith in a turf race to start a pick five. Turf that God, takes Mike Smith. Guts. Takes some turf guts God, right Mike there. Turf God, Mike Smith. That's how, we call, that's how we refer to him here. Well, Uh, I'm using Sumter and it would not surprise me if he got comfortable out on the front end, but I don't think the race is quite as simple as that. My mindset is if I beat Balnikov, I want to move on. I'm going four deep in this particular race. The one that intrigues me a little bit more is number three. I'm a gambler who will be ridden by Flavian Pratt European making the first start. And you see a horse that over in Europe, look, I don't know what he was beating, but he's won four of his last five, and he's looked darn good doing it. You take a look at a horse that has some tactical speed, a horse for whom I don't think the one-mile distance is going to be a huge problem. And if Flavian Pratt is getting on this horse, chances are it's showing something in the mornings or around the barns. He's not coming in just to have mounts in these particular races. He's coming in to win these races. So I'm a gambler would probably be my top pick if I had to make one. In addition to Sumter, I'm also going to use number four time to party. I know it shows that in the last race, he was five and three quarter lengths back at the second point of call and rallied to win. That I thought was a tremendous ride by Joe Bravo because that race melted down. That's not necessarily what this horse wants to do. I think he's going to be up a little bit closer, maybe two or three lengths off the pace. And I also think number six, Handy Dandy, is going to get that kind of trip as well. Comes in off of a fourth place finish in the grade one Hollywood Derby. Comes back to what's probably the right level. And anything close to that two back win in the Let It Ride would likely make him pretty tough to beat in here. He's probably going to be the second choice, especially given that Joel Rosario sees fit to ride for Miller. But I'm trying to beat the chalk in here. I think Balnikov is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of six to five, seven to five. Again, I'm not saying he can't win, but at that price, 
I can't back him, especially given the likely race shape. And Josh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if your lone A runs away and hides on the front end. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope so because I have another single coming up here in race two, uh, and this is uh, there's uh, a couple of maiden races in this sequence here in the early sequence, and you know I I kind of had I had a tough time with some of these. Um, you get a lot of you got a lot of first time starters. I, I believe it's the third race might be you know basically all first time starters with a couple of horses would start it's the fourth you're talking about oh, and there the are fourth? a bunch yeah. of first first in there yeah yeah there's there's a couple of really tough races um and uh yeah so i kind of was just looking through and i'm looking for places where i can be skinny because i kind of feel like late in the later legs i need i need coverage uh, I, I need more horses to feel comfortable. So that's kind of where I, I, I kind of took my stands early here. Um, and in race two, I, I took another single, uh, and, and that's going to be the Bob Baffert trained number two purified. Uh, and it's kind of funny because I do look at your ticket, and you're not using this one either. I think you're trying to get around these Baffert horses. Um, I'm uh, I, I'm not being a chalk-eating weasel and taking both the Baffert horses. That's a that's a Mark Capitan move. Uh, cue the truck sounds again. But beep um, <laughs> beep beep. But uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna single this two here purified. Um, and really, you know, it, it was kind of tough to separate this one from the other Baffert horse. You know, I was kind of going back and forth between the two, which one I liked more. Um, but with Purified, I kind of looked at this horse and I'm like, this horse has at least passed other horses. This horse has also kind of run into buzz saws in two of their three starts in Hopkins, uh, who is probably going to be uh, a very, very, uh, short price in what's the two-year-old stakes it's not the malibu it's uh malibu's a, the three-year-old the older horses but there's a two-year-old stakes there's race. not going to be anything for two-year-olds unless you're talking about turf races you might be talking about the sham which is the first uh points race out here but i mean i i who who trains hopkins is is that a baffert i don't it think is a baffert it's a horse okay then yeah he's not going to be eligible to get points in that race if he winds up going there I could have sworn he's on this card. Yeah, race six. He's oh, in race six. Never mind. Never mind. I derped. Okay. That's a highly technical term, by the way. I thought it was going to be. Yeah. The six. Yes. Yeah, San Antonio. Never mind. Four, yeah. a four-year-old. For some reason, for some reason, I thought the second race was a two-year-old race because there are so many lightly raced horses in that race. So don't oh, mind yeah. me. I'm it's just, a four-year-old. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Don't um, mind us. We're, you know, clearly in the holiday spirit and we've clearly drank too much eggnog. And if you'd like to continue to support our eggnog purchases, like, comment and subscribe <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube or give us a five star rating wherever you happen to get your podcasts. Yeah. And this is just once again, me. I mean, these PPs came out literally hours ago and this is me mixing races up again. Yeah. Uh, and purified, we, we, by yeah. the way, we've, we've been handicapping this on the back foot. We both thought that these entries were going to come out far sooner than they did. Now, to be fair, it's Wednesday and these entries are for Monday. So they're still very, very early, but we literally figured out what we were going to do for this an hour and a half before the show aired. So if it <laughs> sounds like we're handicapping without a net, we are. 
Um, but anyways, uh, Hopkins looks to be uh, looks to be a big player in that uh, that sixth race. Uh, I know Country Grammar's in that race as well, but uh, you know um, that horse, you know, ran into that horse there, and then uh, the second place finisher in that horse came back to beat him again in that last race. So I, I don't think I don't think you're going to see Hopkins a Hopkins type in this race. Um, so I think. Uh, going to be in, in a little bit uh, easier company here in this race. Um, and th- like I said, this horse has passed other horses, which is something that you like to see in these maiden races. Because very often you'll see these horses with all these ones and they get tired late and they get passed. So um, I- I'm looking for a purified to kind of sit off, do that Baffert grinding uh, trip where he sits, you know, just off. And then once it gets to the stretch, just, you know, grinds the horse into submission. So, um, yeah, I'm going with the two purified here, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm trying to to stay skinny here early because I'm going to be using some more horses later on. Sure. I hear you. Wait a minute. Hang on. I'm getting a message. It's from the great beyond and a great handicapper by the name of Harvey Pack, who said, never bet a horse as the favorite doing something it's never done before. Purified goes two turns. I see Lord Nelson up at the top. I don't know if this horse wants to go two turns. And also, I see Bletchley Park in this race. If you can find me a worse use of $2.6 million than Bletchley Park in the past couple of years, I don't know what it is because this uh, horse is $2.6 million into FTX. There we go. Okay. We got a winner. We got a winner here. Um, too soon. I know for some of you crypto folks out there again, he's the one saying that not me anyway, uh, Bletchley park is in this race. And if purified was that well meant, why is Baffert running two horses? That gives me some cause for concern. And as a result, I'm going too deep against the Bafferts in this spot. There is going to be another race in this sequence where I use all of the Bafferts because I don't know how many of them are going to run, and I figure he's going to win, and I just want to get through the leg. This isn't that race. Number one, Princip is my top pick. This one took a pretty significant step forward off of the debut, I thought. Didn't have a great trip in that debut race. That was the Hopkins race that we've mentioned. Came back went two turns, stretching out at second asking, made the lead, and went pretty quickly doing it. 22-1 and for the opening quarter, 46 for the half, and still winds up running second behind a horse in courtside that had an absolutely perfect trip and sprouted wings and flew, turning for home. That's a nice horse from the John Shirup's barn. Princip, I think, is sitting on another improved race, has some speed from the rail in a race that doesn't have a ton of early zips signed on. Maybe Bletchley Park goes to set things up for the stablemate. I don't know. But Princip, to me, looks like the most likely winner. I'll also go down to the far outside, bottom of the page. That's Pelagio, horse number six in the program. And to me, he just looks a lot better at Santa Anita than he did at Del Mar. If you go back to that second out race on May 14th, you see a 90 Briz speed figure, second beat in a nose in 137. Anything close to that sort of effort, and I think Pelagio is going to be pretty tough. The question is, does he like Santa Anita more than Del Mar, or did he peak a little bit early? At his likely price, 
though, I've got to use him. Those are questions that are very valid if a horse is going to be six to five, seven to five. But I think Palagio is going to be closer to six to one than six to five. And at that price, I need him on the tickets. One and six for me, trying to beat both of the Bafferts in the second leg. And if I get through the first two legs here, Josh, I've beaten the favorite in the opener. I've beaten the favorite in the second race. And all of a sudden, this starts looking really interesting. And you've also beaten me because my ticket will be dead if you make it through the first two legs. Sorry about that, Chief. <laughs> uh, let's move on here to uh, to race three, uh, the San Gabriel here. We're going to be going a mile and eighth on the turf. I took the first. I, t- I went first the first two. So uh, why don't you talk to me about this race? Sure. I thought this was a pretty formful race, and I'm using the likely two choices. Uh, number two, Master of Foxhounds, did everything but win the Grade Two Sea Biscuit last month, and before that, did win the John Henry, another Grade Two race. This is a horse that has been close a lot. Over the course of his career, you see a lot of seconds and thirds over the last year or so. Second in the Charlie Whittingham, third in the Shoemaker Mile, has danced a lot of dances. Tough horse, easy to root for, always seems like he shows up. The last couple of starts, though, it sure seems like they've made an effort to get him on the lead early. They did that in the John Henry, goes wire to wire. They do that in the Seabiscuit. And he went pretty fast that day. You see 109 and two for the first six furlongs, finishes third beat and neck by Hong Kong, Harry and beyond brilliant. Those are decent horses. And I feel like this field is a little bit of a class drop for him. I think he's going to be the one to catch in more ways than one. The other that I'm going to use is a horse in Prince Abama, number six, uh, won the grade two Hollywood Turf Cup last time out. And I wasn't sure he wanted to go a mile and a half. Then again, I don't think anyone else in that field wanted to go a mile and a half either. That was not a good field that Prince of Bama wound up beating. He cuts back to what sure as heck seems like his preferred distance, was third in the City of Hope Mile over this turf course, was then second in the Lure. This is a nice runner that is going to get a perfect stalking trip just off the speed. We know Master of Foxhounds has some early speed. I think Rip City has one way of going from the rail. Go On may have some early speed. Bob and Jackie coming off the layoff sure looks like an early speed type. And I think Prince of Bama might get first run beneath Flavian Pratt. 2-6 for me in this particular race. And Josh, I've got a question for you since you're down to this part of the forum. What the heck is number seven flashiest doing in this race? Filling out the... Filling out the field? I, That's I'm, I'm pretty not really much sure. what I'm thinking. I'm thinking somebody wasn't sure if this race was going to fill, so they called Leonard Powell and said, hey, can you do us a favor? My goodness, you, there, there's nothing about this horse that says this horse deserves to be in this particular race, and I know for a fact I'm talking him into the winner's circle as I say this, so you don't have to remind me of that fact, but of the horses in this field, that's the one where... If that horse winds up beating me, I say, eh, okay. I was never going to have that horse. Move on. And gets Joel Rosario aboard, which is just like the craziest part of this. Like He must have just needed a mount. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing maybe this horse is scratches. I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, Weird yeah, though, I, right? It is, it is. Especially, like I said, with Joel getting aboard. Like, you know, last time when Joel rode Santa Anita full time, he just dummied the entire uh 
uh, colony. So he knows how to ride at Santa Anita. Um, so I, I, I really had no clue. I'm just like, okay, like may, maybe, like you said, someone asked for a favor or something. Um, I, I agree with you on the two Master of Foxhounds. Uh, I think uh, is going to be tough in this spot, is going to be cutting back, or uh, is, is stretching out a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think his, his best races have kind of been in that, uh, you know, going a little bit longer than, than the mile and 16th he went last time. Um, so I, I don't really know if a mile and the eighth is, is enough. I think maybe he wants a mile and a quarter or more, but it, it, it back class is there, right? The, the horse, the, the figs fit, um, you know, the horse is going to be forwardly placed, which is something I always like, uh, out West, uh, because they actually do ride their horses, uh, unlike uh, Naira Colony, where sometimes you just like look at the form and it's like, hey, four of these horses are going to go to the lead, and none of the horses go to the lead. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I you know what Master Fox Hounds is going to do? He's got one way forward. He's gonna he's gonna be out in the front. Um, unlike you, I think if this there is a bunch of pace in this race, um, I think that this helps out the three Dicey Mochara the best uh kind of the the presser type p type here on the uh briz the briz form um is one for three at the distance uh and if you kind of go back and look at his mile and eighth races uh from uh february of of earlier this year november of last or um yeah the the february race mostly is what i was looking at you know he won a nice race there with flavian pratt aboard um you know, he kind of went out and, you know, has kind of been sitting in second, third, second, fourth, you know, kind of sitting, you know, collecting checks, but hasn't hasn't shown up in the winner's circle there. But uh, I really do think that the cutback is going to help uh, on Dicey Mochara here, cutting back from the mile and a half. Um, so I, I really like Dicey Mochara in this spot as, as kind of uh, my, my second choice. Um, I'm going to use both those horses equally, uh, the two and the three, and, um, you know, Hopefully we get past his leg. One thing I will say about Dicey Mochara, big rider switch. Nothing against Ryan Curatolo, but you go to Juan Hernandez, that is a big, big step up. A side note, I remember when Ryan Curatolo was riding the Naira circuit, what seems like 10 or 15 years ago, he comes back at Santa Anita, either last year or the year before, and all of a sudden, he's holding his own against a pretty darn tough rider colony. So not quite sure what happened there and nothing against him. But Juan Hernandez is an excellent rider and has been for some time. All right. Let's move on here to race four. Race number was- four. And before we get started here, Josh, when I sent my ticket, I screwed up. I meant to say three, four, seven. I think I said three, four, six. Again, we sort of rushed getting through this because entries finally came out. So just making sure we're on the same page here. And I'm going to be very, very short with my analysis of this particular race. I think Baffert wins. That's it. Uh, Bob Baffert has three first-time starters. They're all bred very, very well. They all commanded very large purchase prices at auction, uh, either earlier this year or last year. You look at these horses, you see number three, Faustin, by Curlin, out of a mare named Hard Not to Like. Hard Not to Like was a very, very nice horse. You see number four, Sonoran. One Baffert drains, the other Baffert owns. A $5,000 sire price 
and an auction price of 230000 Someone impressed someone with regard to this horse. And then you look at Worcester, uh, horse number seven. Of the three, this is the one I wasn't necessarily crazy about. I see that pedigree, and I don't see a sprinter. I see a horse that wants to go very, very long. But then you look at the work tab, and you see a whole bunch of bullets. I don't know if Bob Baffert is going to run three in this spot. I'll use all of the ones that he does run, though. Three, four, or seven here. And look, I understand this might be seen as taking the coward's way out, and I may very well get defensive be alerted by my co-host. But if I've beaten the favorites in the first two legs, I can afford to spread a little bit here. Uh, I ended up doing the same exact thing as you. So I no horns, nothing, unless unless I'm going to call it on myself. But I don't feel it, we're in the Christmas Christmas mood. We're we're indeed we we're, are in yes. mood here. Um, yeah, I had a hard time separating these uh, Baffert horses, um, and I, I kind of said the same thing for race two, but the, I really had a hard time here to the point where I wrote down Sonoran as possibly a B. Um, so you know, may, maybe I, I kind of don't, you know, don't roll with it. And really, the only the only reason I would even do that is because of the work tab. And I like rarely ever use the work tab. So like, I feel like that's just like a stupid thing, like to all of a sudden change um, and, and do something different. Um, so I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to end up using them all equally. My ticket was small. Um, so I'm going to use the three, the four and the seven. And this is kind of a survive in advance type leg. Like I, one of these Bafferts is going to just be an absolute freak. I just do not know which one. Um, right. If I had to guess, my guess is it's you see, I wanted to say the three. I thought it was gonna be the three with that work that that horse worked in forty six and four two back and then came back and just worked five furlongs in under a minute, fifty nine and one. I mean that that's gas. So um I'm guessing that this three is just gonna rip out of the gate. Um but who knows? He's got two other possible monsters in here. Like, I, I don't know. So I, I'm going to use the three of them equally. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to think about, think about it that hard. Yep. Um, the, the, the other school of thought here, and this is something that I know at least one excellent handicapper out there is going to take, and I can't fault it too much, is if Baffert enters all three and runs them, are any of them any good? Now that goes against the work tab that we've seen, and I don't necessarily think it applies in this spot. One thing I will mention though, if number five yellow brick was trained by a conditioner that traditionally had first time starters ready to fire at a higher clip, I'd be interested. You see quality road and you see a more than ready mare. There's class top and bottom, but you also see Richard Mandela, one of the greatest trainers in California in the last 30 years. He's a fantastic horseman, and there are very few barns that I trust more in most spots. With first-time starters, though, he's not all that great. The daily racing form has him at 7% over his last 40 such starters. With two-year-olds, he's 10% with his last 30. Just hits me as a horse that probably needs a race or two to get going, but you look and you see a six furlong work in one twelve and three. So if that horse runs in this race, maybe finishes third or fourth, beating five or six lengths, 
that's a horse you probably want second time out, go and sprint to route. Problem is you're probably not going to get much of a price on it. Yeah, I'm actually going to do a quick little search here um, and see if I can find a little bit sassy's progeny here. Yeah, and for those of you that are not watching this on YouTube, you're listening on podcast channels. First of all, thank you. We very much appreciate you. According to the Briz past performances, the dam a little bit sassy, who is by more than ready, as mentioned, has two winners from three starters, and those two winners were stakes winners. So this is a um, a dam that certainly knows how to throw a runner. Um, one of the... Uh... So let's do a little callback here, right? Let's go back to race one. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's great. For those of you on podcast land, uh, Sumter, Josh's single in race number one is a half to yellow brick. That's funny. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so Sumter and then the other horse is a horse named Pizzazz. I remember Pizzazz. I liked Pizzazz a little bit uh, as a two-year-old, I believe. That yeah, yeah. Sumter is a, Sumter is a war front, and this horse is a uh, is a quality road. Wow, that's a that's a pretty fun twist. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because uh, yeah, when I when I was looking at it, you know, it's a hundred percent win rate with two-year-olds. With the dam, uh, three starters, two winners, and uh, two stakes wins. So, yep. um, yeah, it was it was just interesting to see uh, see that. But uh, yeah, because like these are these are good numbers. Um, yeah, if there weren't sure. any Bafferts in here, um, or if this is like a Luis Mendez, um, I really think that this horse wants the green stuff. But, yeah, and probably wants to go two turns on the green stuff for sure. But yeah. nice prospect for sure. Certainly would want to throw that one in the stable mail if the horse shows anything first time out. As we move on to the fifth, which is, of course, the payoff leg of the early pick five as well as the early pick four. This is a maiden race for horses going a mile on the turf. Bunch of two-year-olds, in fact, a full field. And Josh, my best bet of the sequence is in this particular race. And that's number five, Dandy Man Shines. They clearly thought enough of this horse coming over from Europe to run him in a pair of graded stakes races. And it's not like Dandy Man Shines disgraced himself in either of those runs. Was fourth in the Del Mar Juvenile Turf. That's a grade three. Was sixth beaten five and three quarters in the Zuma Beach. Didn't have great trips on either of those occasions against horses like Paxa Wallop who shipped in for the uh, Breeders' Cup over at Keeneland. Uh, the third-place finisher from the Zuma Beach also came right back to win. They brought this horse back in a maiden special weight race. Didn't have a great trip that day either, but still second beaten just a length and a quarter after being nine lengths back at the second point of call. That's not where you want to be in California. As a reminder, the whip rule at Santa Anita very, very strict. You don't want a horse that's going to have some trouble picking the way through the field. Having said that, though, I see a horse that's on the upswing. I see a bunch of other horses that sort of look exactly the same. And if Dandy Manshines doesn't win of the runners that have some experience, I don't know who does. I think if you're going to single anybody in this sequence, you single Dandy Manshines, the probable favorite in race number five. Now, Josh, I did see at least one A on your sheet. It's not Dandy Man Shines, and it's also not a horse 
that has a start here in the United States. So tell me what I'm missing with Maltese Falcon. All right. So I landed on the same thing as you. I thought, you know what? I'm going to single this five. Like that's got to be the play. But then my inner Caleb hit me. <laughs> your and inner Caleb. One, now, hang on, hang on. Is, is your inner Caleb handsome? I mean, very handsome. Yes. The camera does not do Caleb justice. Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, this is, this is both, both one of the best qualities of Caleb's handicapping and also his downfall. And that's finding a favorite. He just does not like, and just playing against it aggressively. And if this horse has got five starts, and yes, has ridden in stakes racing, group twos, group twos, uh, grade three, grade three, and then came back to a maiden and still didn't win. And I'll tell you, there was a three-year-old this year that kept showing up in stake races and looked like he was at, at some point going to break his maiden and never did. Or at least I don't think he did. And if he has, it's probably been like some maiden claiming somewhere uh, in, in command performance. I don't know if you remember that horse. Command uh, performance, the Pletcher horse. Yeah. Though yep. that they, it was a maiden and they kept running in stakes racing and never broke. I, I don't even know if this horse has broke his maiden yet. Um, this horse has had five tries. They put him in some really aggressive spots. I, I don't know if they've necessarily ruined the horse yet. Um, but yeah. Looking on figs, looking at everything. I mean, yeah, this horse should should walk, but this horse should have walked last time too. Um, this horse probably should have walked in the the, the debutant uh, or the the, the juvenile uh, turf when he, that he came over for. Um, you know, he got bet like he he was going to win. And really quick, we did say that he ran fourth in that race. He was actually placed third through placed third DQ. From DQ. That's what happens when you have a really eventful trip. Sometimes that stuff gets bumped down to the line in the past performances. So you're dealing with a horse that's graded stakes place. The one thing I will say as a concession is this is probably a now or never spot for Gandy Man Shines. And if he doesn't come through in this spot, he goes probably on the uh, the dreaded dead to me list, which I know every handicapper out there. Yeah, it's a I don't disaster. Know yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, disaster. Yes, uh, yeah, dead to me if this horse doesn't particularly run well in this race. Just simply because, again, of the American runners, none of them have shown an overwhelming amount of talent. And I think Dandy Man Shines could very well wind up still being a stakes horse given some maturity and given the right trip. Uh, now, again, of the horses that have run here, you talked about your stance against Dandy Man Shines. Tell me your stance for Maltese Falcon. Uh, my stance for Maltese Falcon is a new shooter. Has got one race and is coming over here, coming overseas. And his first race was on soft ground. He's going to get firmer ground. And I often think that a lot of these horses that come overseas – the reason they ship them over is one of two things. They either probably need Lasix, which this horse is not getting here, um, or especially if it's a turf horse, they need firm ground because that's not something that they run in uh, overseas. Um, and, I mean, this is – you, you want to talk about regally bred, right? You got Carvaggio on the top, you know, uh, son of Scat Daddy, and then you got a Galileo mare. 
I mean, this is this is probably this is a very very nicely bred horse. Uh, probably should have been more expensive than than the horse came out of. I, I mean, not that I know anything about buying a horse, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm taking a shot against this five, and I pick. I actually took four horses in this race to try and beat this five. So I'm not a hundred percent sold on this four, but I don't know what this four is, and that's intriguing enough to me. And was probably the reason why Flavian Pratt got aboard because it's probably intriguing enough for him, uh, looking at the rest of the field in this race. Um, so yeah, I, I'm tossing the five here, which is your single. Um, I'm probably going to be live in this race and going to get boomed by this horse. But, well, if uh, you're live, that means I'm dead because remember we go dead against each other in the second yep. race as well. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so uh, the other horses I used, I used the eight low expectations, the ten smart code, and the twelve Zio Joe. Zio Joe's post to me is a killer. If Zio Joe had drawn more favorably, I would like this horse a lot more. But I see a stalker, and I see a horse that may well get marooned out in post twelve. If you look, if you liked the race that. Um, the five ran last time. Dandy man shines. I, I, I think you kind of got to like the 10 a little bit here. Smart code. Um, I mean, just completely missed the start, found a bunch of trouble and, you know, ended up coming, coming late to finish fourth by three and a three and a half lengths. My one real big concern with this is, uh, Kyle Frey was aboard, uh, when he found all the trouble. And Kyle Frey is also aboard here. And that does not necessarily instill a ton of confidence in me that all of a sudden he's going to be able to work out a better trip. But, you know, this is a plus move for Mark Mark Glatt. Second route race, second grass race, first time blinkers. All of this, if you look on the Brisnet form, look plus. I'm going to take a shot with this 10. I'm I'm hoping I'm going to get a price on this horse. I mean, I know if the Brisnet speed figure is good, uh, I don't know what buyer looks like, but, hey, maybe I get a nice little price on this 10. And, you know, like I said, I'm just looking for ways to get around this 5. Um, the the eight low expectations, um, I feel like those two Del Mar races were both pretty good. Um, you know, got out on the front end and, you know, wasn't didn't didn't finish but the thing is is that these types of horses eventually they might get a little brave on the front end and they might finish so i know mario is going to ride this horse aggressively again um and i don't know that race two back doesn't look that bad uh compared to the rest of the field here um and then you already we already you already mentioned zio joe um yeah I, Hey, JJ's getting back aboard, which means he must see something on this horse that he's going to give this horse another shot. Um, isn't out in the parking lot, um, which you know doesn't doesn't make you feel give you all the warm and fuzzies. But if anybody can work a trip out from the parking lot at Santa Anita, I think it's it's JJ. So um, yeah, I'm I'm just fading this five, and I got I'm four deep here. I got the four, the eight, the ten, and the twelve. So here's a fun stat for you with the eight low expectations, who certainly seems like the main early speed in this race on paper. You see trainer Antonio Garcia, and admittedly, I'm not familiar with that barn. You look at the daily racing form. 
You see 44 starts on the year. You see a big zero next to it. If low expectations winds up going wire to wire, I think you're going to hear the winner's celebration from your place just outside Chicago, Josh. <laughs> hey, they paid a lot for this horse. Well, it's a, it's it's a, a red, red racing horse, horse too. So, yeah, there's uh, there's some pedigree here by Nyquist out of a Tappet mare. The races at Del Mar, not bad, but I look at those and I see perfect trips, slow paces, and yes, this horse ran fine both of those times, but wasn't he supposed to win one of those races? And look, this horse is probably going to get bet a little bit. At 8-1, to one, I could sort of find an argument for this horse that, hey, maybe today's the day he gets loose. But in my experience, these are the horses that always seem like they're supposed to win, always seem like horses that are supposed to take money. They wind up hitting the top of the stretch in front, and then the warning lights start coming on. And what I'm hoping is the warning lights start coming on and it's Dandy Man Shines running away and hiding to bring home a $24 late pick, or early pick five ticket, I should say, on opening day at Santa Anita for yours truly. And if that happens, I'm probably buying brunch for everybody at Healdsburg. So, <laughs> you know, see how that goes. This horse went off at odds of 56 to 1, 72 to 1, and 22 to 1. Yeah, I see no way that this horse is less than double digits. You think so? Because the yeah. the last couple of races, and look, it, it's a case where the the two back race horse that ran third also shows up in this particular spot. Granted, isn't also eligible, but it's not like the figures are totally out of whack. We'll see what happens here. I understand why you're trying to go against Dandy Man Shines. Personally, I thought that Dandy Man Shines loomed incredibly large over this field. And if he continues forward progression, which I think he will, I think he's going to be very, very tough. And this is a favorite that I just have no interest in going against. Fair enough. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll, we'll put your ticket up here. You got a $24 yep. play. And we basically kind of, well, we, we didn't really flip, but I, I was definitely skinny early and you are not skinny early. So why don't you walk us through your ticket here? Sure. So I'm trying to beat Balnikov in race number one, the Mathis mile. I'm trying to beat the Bafferts in race number two. We do that. We clear those two bars. We knock out a lot of tickets. I'm going logical in race number three, race number four. However many Bafferts run, I will be using all of them. And if one or two of them wind up scratching, that's a pretty big endorsement of the ones that wind up running. And then we get to race number five with Dandy Man Shines, my best bet in the sequence, at least before scratches. Right now, it's a $24 ticket. If one Baffert scratches, it gets down to 16 If two Bafferts scratch, it gets down to an $8 ticket. So we're not trying to break the bank here. We're going with what I think is a very budget-friendly ticket. And again, we beat the chalk in the first two legs. All of a sudden, this has some steam. And remember, the early pick five at Santa Anita, low takeout, 15%, I believe. So certainly a player-friendly wager if you're able to beat a couple of favorites along the way. Yep, and uh, Andrew's ticket is uh, three, four, six, seven. With one six, with two six, with three four seven, with five. That's twenty four dollar ticket for fifty cents, and uh, yeah, I'm coming a little bit different than you here. Uh, I'm singling the seven in leg one. We're okay there. Singling the two in race two. We're not okay there. 
Then I'm using the two and the three in leg three. Three, four, seven, the same as you there. In, in effort, we trust. And then I'm going four wide, four, eight, 10, 12, to try to beat your single to five there in the last leg. Um, that's a $12 ticket. Um, if I play this, or, or I, I am going to play this, but uh, I'm not going to play it for, for 50 cents. I'll probably, I don't know. It depends on how, fe- how I'm feeling, but in the one, between one, so between two and five X, I'll be playing this. So uh, that's generally where I'm, I'm kind of keeping my, uh, I keep my pick five tickets around there. Um, I, I've hit on skinny tickets like this before, and, you know, you hit it for a buck and maybe it only pays $200 or something, but you hit it for a buck. Hey, that's that's 400 bucks it's you know that's not nothing so um i will uh yeah i'll be leveraging this up a little bit but uh yeah i'm skinny in the front and uh we'll we'll see uh we'll see how we go here but um yeah that's gonna do it for us andrew what what do you got going on uh anything uh any other content you got coming out this week or are you just uh just chill until christmas yeah, I'm just chilling, wearing my Santa hat, being all jolly. Um, actually looking forward to this. Uh, my girlfriend and I are going to a couple of shows in San Francisco over the next few days. We're seeing uh, a production of Beetlejuice at one San Francisco theater on Friday. And oh, nice. then we are going to Original Joe's down in Daly City, which has some of the best Italian food in the Bay Area. It's very hard to find good Italian food out here, but these guys do it as well as anybody. So we're seeing that, and we're seeing the Nutcracker on Christmas Eve because we needed something fun to do on Christmas Eve. So that'll be a blast. As far as other stuff that I've got coming out, I mean, by all means, stay tuned to my social media platforms at Andrew Champagne on Twitter at 142 Winners over on on Instagram. You'll be able to see every bit of content that I've got from racing to sports to pretty much anything else. So just trying to enjoy myself this week. It's going to be a lot of fun, especially with Santa Anita and Gulfstream starting their big winter spring meets on the same day for the first time. It's a gigantic racing palooza. And of course, if we know anything about Gulfstream, there's going to be about 9,000 races with about 9,000 post drags. And it's entirely possible that Santa Anita finishes up first. Yep. Um, I, I do want to mention, uh, where was it? Is it, uh, I, I saw somebody post something. Let me see if I can find it. Nope. I have no idea where it's at, but apparently there is a, uh, a new wager. They're going to be rolling out, uh, the Stronach group's going to be rolling out a new wager. It's going to be a dollar pick five that's going to include Gulfstream and Santa Anita. So similar so, to the Hang on, hour. hang on, hang on. So are you saying that this is a pick five that goes across the country? Yeah, I, they, I think they call it the coast-to-coast pick five. Just call it I the cross-country pick five, for goodness sake. That's I understand Naira. somebody... Naira's got- Naira's got that on lockdown. Ah, eh, pay him for it. <laughs> now it's just a, a, any excuse we can get to bring up the fact that the cross country pick five is no more because somebody smart found a vulnerability in the system. We're going to take that. Yeah, I I don't remember where I saw it. I saw it somewhere. I'm trying. I'm checking all my sources, but I did see that come out. I I'm wondering if the the golden hour. I'm guessing is going to be coming back with the uh, Golden Gate. Uh, opening back up but uh yeah it's uh those those wagers are fun uh higher base lower uh takeout 
um, and the payouts are always, always good. So especially um, if you beat a favorite and it only takes beating one favorite in order to get some really, really nice payouts in play. Yep. And then we will be live uh, Thursday night. So that's probably the day you're listening to this. Um, we'll be uh, taking a look at the late pick five live on Thursday night and uh, for opening day. And we'll be playing a little turfway. We're going to pause our contest because uh, we got tracks moving around because of the weather and stuff. And, and turfway may not even run. You just honestly. don't want Mark playing Delta. You can be honest. No, if we if we if I wanted Mark not playing Delta, we would have ran the contest on Thursday. But because Delta is moving to noon uh, on Thursday uh, due to the weather, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to pass with only one. Well, track if you were playing running. Delta that night, then that would really be a problem because Mark would have all the results already. So yeah, all the more true. reason not to play it. Yeah, it'd be like having uh, Biff's uh, Biff Sports, Sports Almanac. Almanac. Again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then uh, we will we're tentative for Monday going doing a stream. Um, I got to check with the other guys. Everybody, I asked a bunch of people, and everyone's like, "That's a really great idea." And then it's like, I got to find out if I can do it. And so I'm like, all right, that's fine. I can um, try to chime in from, you know, the brunch table. Dude, and I don't will show, you dare. I will show you the dirty looks that I get. No, don't you dare. You know what that is? That's social media content gold right there. A whole bunch of people scowling at me. That's apparently what a lot of people do on Twitter when they see my posts anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, do it for us. Obviously, uh, we'll, we'll bring the Christmas music back in. Uh, but uh, check us out at ontherongleague.com. Uh, at wrong underscore lead on Twitter. And uh, yeah, like, subscribe, uh, download the podcast, do both, help get our numbers up. And uh, have a Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas.